What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Cervantes Podcast. In honor of Women's History Month, joining me today to discuss the importance and necessity of Black women in film for award-winning senior thesis film, Where the Horizon Lies, creating and editing content for the Lawrence Herbert School of Communication and her media production company, Book Two Productions, is Hofstra University alum with a Bachelor's of Science degree in video, television, and film with a minor in public relations, writer, director, and editor, Narice Muller. How are you doing today, Narice? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for being here. Of awesome. course. I'm so happy to be here. What was your first introduction to film and cinematography? This is such a great question because I didn't have that, oh, well, I have this family member that's wrapped up in the business. Like my parents are both teachers. My father is a musician as well. So I always had music as a driving force of, of um, like my background. And my mom, in addition to being a teacher, she's also into drama and theatrics. So she is the drama wow. club teacher at her school as well. And so I've always helped her. I had a huge theater background and I loved acting out things. I loved telling stories. And so when I was in, I think I was 12 years old, 10, 11, 12, that sort of age, like right into middle school, my dad had gotten a new camcorder and he decided to give me this chunky old one that had tape. It was like a Sony camcorder. I still have it today. And I would film like my Legos and my dolls and reenact these oh stories. And then I slowly started building that up into like class projects. So like every class project that I could possibly film, I'd want to do that. And everyone would be like, oh, well, you know, Narice is like really into this stuff. So I want to join along with her. And then in high school, I really started to take it seriously. In, I want to say junior or senior year, we had to rewrite an act of Hamlet. So wow. I did, I love spaghetti westerns. My Nana instilled that love um, of westerns in me. And we decided to rewrite the good, the bad, and the ugly into the good, the bad, and the Hamlet. Wow. So we made it. It's so terrible. Like it, like looking back <laughs> on it, it's so terrible. It's so terribly done. I would love to remake it one day just to see how far I've come like from that first like major film project of mine. But it was so fun to make. And I actually had not uh, like thought of this as a career until my dad was like, hey, well, like we know that you really want to do theater for the longest time I wanted to be a doctor. And then I realized my, my heart lies in, in creativity. I'm definitely a creative mind. So my dad had introduced me into the idea of communications. Like he's very, very tech savvy. He's like passed that down to me as well. And we were able to get in on a Fox 29 recording up in Philadelphia. And wow. so we sat, we got to talk with the stage manager, talk with the talent. And then I was like, wow, my goodness, this is so cool. I could really see myself doing it. And then once I took my first film class at Hofstra as that introductory like medium, I was like, wow, this is the perfect place for me. That's awesome. So like <laughs> freshman year of college. Wow, that's so cool. Oh, yeah. Do you have a favorite movie of all time or maybe a list of your top five favorite movies? This is so hard because like, I would definitely have like top 10, but if I have to narrow it to top five, you're going to notice my list is very like class, like you're talking classic movies. Okay. I, I, I do love more modern movies as well. You'll see like, it's very kind of all over the place. Okay. First and foremost, Gone with the Wind. My okay. Nana introduced me to that film. It's one of her favorites. It's one of my mom's favorites. Just everything about that as a period piece. It was one of the first films in color and I did not it know was, that. yes, it was 1938 or 1939. 
uh, came out the same year as The Wizard of Oz, I'm pretty sure, which is also on my list. But uh, tying oh, okay. in also The Wizard of Oz and Gone with the Wind, like you're really seeing movie magic, but in a practical sense. Like there's there's one shot specifically, it's at the end of the second act because Gone with the Wind is divided into acts like a play. There's an intermission. It's so beautifully done. Wow. Um, okay. Where the lead character, Scarlet, after having this very rough life, she lost a child, she lost her lover, she goes back to the farm that she was raised at and the sun's setting and it looks fiery red and orange and it's the silhouette of her against this background and that's how it ends and it's so beautiful like I'll probably start tearing up talking about it but I remember like I watched that when I was younger and I was like oh my goodness like it's just so beautiful and then later in line with The Wizard of Oz next on my list that introduced me again to movie magic like the twister I thought was the realest thing same <laughs> and I was like oh my goodness and they that was the thing too I find so funny is they kept up with that gimmick they're like oh yeah it was a real twister it was a real twister and then recently well not well I say recently but like probably like 20 30 years ago that's when they were like yeah we just drew it, it was like a cartoon pencil drawing and it it was so insane but wow. you see again like the the transfer from like the sepia tone to color and Dorothy Gale from Kansas everything all of the costumes like all of the practical magic with the wicked witch of the north the wicked witch of the east the wicked witch of the west the and music all- the music it was just like it's 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 so theatrical I'm, I'm starting to realize there's a little bit of a pattern with my there's favorite theater one. In there's all, theater yes. in all of them it's a um thing. then pulling in a completely different direction okay which is still theatrical in a sense I love Scott Pilgrim versus the world you know I've never seen it really oh I've my goodness I highly recommend it is a ride like it is like you feel like you're on a roller coaster going okay. up and down up and down spinning around constantly oh my um, god okay because I yeah. saw Juno and I think yes. he's in that yes, yes. okay yeah. Michael Sarah and his awkward <laughs> roles but he's like it's iconic it's so like it's such a crazy film. And again, something that I also love, one of my other loves aside from music and theater is video games. I love video games. Okay. I'm a classic Nintendo fan all of the way. Yes. I read the graphic novels when they came out and then also played the game of Scott Pilgrim. And then I remember I went to go see it with my mom at a drive-in theater and we were just obsessed with it because like she read them with me, she'd play the games with me. And yeah. it was just the coolest thing. And it's- it. It's, I honestly think that is one of the, if not the most successful video game movie. I know they try to turn a lot, lots of video games into it, but that just captures the whole feel of the video game without being so in your face, like, oh, we're going to do this in 8-bit. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, then we're going to take a whole, like, not even just a 180, but like a 360, okay. uh, Dead Poets Society. Dead Poet Society is number I four. saw it a long time ago. I need to rewatch it. It's so good. It's, so good. I mean, I, I adore Robin Williams. He is my favorite yes. actor of all time. And I remember my introduction, I had watched that in a class. I think one of my high school English classes, if I'm not mistaken. And oh look theater's in it too because it's like a Midsummer Night's Dream. But yes, it, it oh my God. Like, <laughs> but I just, it, it, it taught me so much. Like I feel like that as well as like my mom and my dad who's introduced me into like classic poetry and classic literature it's that really instilled a love for poetry and a love for the written word for prose and again it just the whole because the whole idea of that movie is again you are 
being confident in yourself, you're finding your tribe. And it's something that I really, really like because it wasn't like the, the, the boys at the boarding school didn't have the biggest group of people that wanted to do this weird poetry thing with them, but it, it, was, it was enough. And the movie, it's beautiful, it's funny, it's sad, it's witty, it's tragic, and it's also daring. And that's what I love so much about it. And keeping in line with the Robin Williams, uh, my fifth one would be Jumanji. I love yes, Jumanji, like the original yes. Jumanji. The new ones are good too, but the, the classic Jumanji, I feel like that speaks for itself. It's such a great film. <laughs> so good. So, so good. And I'm always, I always think about like, this is a good question for you. How do you feel about reboots? Because I'm always nervous, like, oh my God, like this film is a classic. It means so much to us. You know, especially if it comes around um, maybe a year that we were born. Yeah. Um, when they're remaking it, I always get nervous. Like, what if they ruin it? Like, how, how are they going to remake this? You know, so yeah. how do you feel about reboots? I feel like if, if you're not copying it beat for beat, it can be done well. And the perfect example in that are the new Jumanji movies. Like, okay. they did not try to match board game coming out or even with Zathura that came out like yes it was a board game but it was in space and it was this whole new story yes. like that was so amazing with the new Jumanji like they're tying it into a video game it still has the same essence everyone shouts Jumanji like they did at the end of 2020 and they, <laughs> <laughs> and they um yes. and they carry on their merry way and they're able to leave that world so I think like if you're not necessarily copying something word for word beat for beat storyline for storyline maybe even character for character but rather paying homage to the source material that's when a reboot's going to be successful okay. another example the spider-man movies i love marvel so much yes and yes. i love like toby Maguire's spider-man i also love andrew garfield's spider-man who they need to give another movie by the way yes <laughs> he only has two yes yes i feel like after this new one which i still haven't seen yet i know i'm like terrible you would like it you would like it i'm so like i got it spoiled for me on instagram reels i was scrolling and then i saw the scene it's with... always twitter for me it's always yep. twitter. Oh, not twitter. <laughs> oh. but, um but yeah like it's they they're telling it in their own way like yeah it's the same story but again you're paying homage to the source material in this case the comic books but you're adding your own little twist to it and you're making it something that each generation can adapt to like previous jumanji 1990s board games now you're in a, a new digital age so now like you're tying in class a classic video game into a more modern society like oh we found this broken down nintendo 64 like thing and now we're getting right. sucked into it so again right. as long as you're paying homage to that source material and not copying it i think that reboot can actually be very very awesome and so Larissa has created and edited content for the Lawrence Herbert School of Communication at Hofstra University's Instagram page specifically their IGTV series the Herbert Rundown where every Monday various communication students tell the Hofstra community all about the upcoming on-campus events during that week how long have you been creating and editing content for the Lawrence Herbert School of Communication and how has it been I so I, I started creating content when I was a junior at Hofstra during my undergraduate time and David Henney kind of, he heard about me, <laughs> like it was okay. word of mouth, David Henney, the content director and yes. strategist. So yes. he heard about me and he was like, well, I'm going to snatch her up. Cause at the time I had just 
become the president of the Hofstra Filmmakers Club. I was producing uh, one of the heat shows, Directors Cut, the film entertainment talk show. I was in mm. Zeta Phi Eta and I was making content for them. I was their recruitment chair for two consecutive semesters. So I was making a lot of content and a lot of things were coming out of me in general. And so he was like, oh, let's see if we can use that um, for a brand strategy type of thing. And I had um, never thought like, oh, promotions, Psh, not me. But then I really started to like it, which is part of the reason why I picked up my public relations minor, minor and I'm now pursuing my master's degree online at Hofstra and doing this content. Wow, so, um, okay. I had, uh, if you've heard of the amazing Rebecca Kiafulo, yes. I, was, I was her before she came to Hofstra. So wow. yeah, okay. so I the was- film doing, girl. Yes, <laughs> the film girl, yes. <laughs> so I was filming lots of content. We had actually started off as like, a, oh, like let's test the waters with this. We did a caroling video around Christmas time and so it was myself, it was Joe Ritter, I believe, Luke Becker was a part of it, yes, Justin Moore, um, Daniela Ruiz, we all went around the entire communication school dressed in like garb from uh, like the Hofstra's bookstore, like with tags wow. on it, Phil, that maybe <laughs> any grabbed for us <laughs> and we're caroling to everyone and everyone really liked that video so we decided oh well what if we start adding like this super fun more modern twist because a lot of what was coming out of offshore at that time was very like straightforward this is what we have to offer but we were like no like we we are we're communication school let's let's kind of add a fun twist to it and david henny like it's so cool we've built up this rapport and this trust that he just sends me stuff and he just trusts me completely so this past year he actually himself uh both him and then dean adrian marlowe basically created the position i have now like the graduate assistantship so that i could keep working for them um because okay. i'm not on campus i am uh, post-producing remotely, but I know that this upcoming month or in April, we're in the process of creating a uh, master's uh, video, promotional video for the public relations uh, major. Wow. So they're going to have me come up there and then I'll be carrying around this giant sucker right here. <laughs> awesome. Um, awesome. I'll be carrying around the new camera rig and then we're going to grab some footage. But for the time being, I revamped the Hofstra Now series because David Henning was like, I need a little bit of a twist to this. I want to make this more fun. That did really, really well. But then we wanted to make a show that was just for the Herbert School. So now we're producing the Herbert Rundown. He, uh, along with um, senior uh, film writing student, Mark Heron, they're directing the yes. shows each week. They send it over to me. I post-produce it and I have free reign. So I can just like, I came up with the whole template myself. I was like, oh, uh, let's make this super, super fun. Let's make this very, like have like that little bit of a vintage twist because everyone is really getting into the idea of like film photography. So I'm adding little bits of grain. We have film burns, film overlays and that sort of VHS type playback theme to it yes I've um, noticed all of that yes. yeah so we're trying to like keep it like a consistent branding and then we're also in the process of I'm literally I have my my hard drive like right now <laughs> I'm just editing. for the Herbert rundown just like yeah I have all of my like graduate assistant stuff on this like wow. hard drive and so we're in the process of doing Herbert rundown I'm finishing up this week's episode and then Ooh. also we're producing a new series called a day in a life where we're taking lots of the Herbert takeover and we're putting them down into their own condensed little thing so oh that's you're gonna use them yes oh, the, oh awesome awesome because yeah. I love those too 
yeah. I love those two. No, I love it. I, I really, I know, definitely noticed a difference between them um, because Hofstra now definitely caught my attention last semester. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is cool. It's like a, it's like a twist. It's more specific. The yes. editing is like much, much better. And I'm like, who is Narice Muller? Like, <laughs> I, I recognize everyone else's Instagram handle, but who is this? And when on your page, I'm like, oh my God, we have a lot of mutuals. So yeah. it's awesome. I love, yeah. I love to see it. Yes, it's so good. And what would you say has maybe been your favorite project, um, Heat Network related, Herbert School related, um, that you've done so far? Oh, this is so hard because I have to... I would say my senior thesis, but okay. if I'm doing like extracurricular activity, so I love director's cut. That is my love. I have okay. been with that show for three years. I started as a sophomore and was able to finish out my senior year. And then um, I just love it. I love that show. So everything director's cut, everything director's cut. Okay. But also, I would say when I was picked to executive <laughs> produce alongside Adam Flash, we co-executive produced the Hofstra Votes Live charting the 2020 election Sunday show. Wow. Yes. So wow. that like hour long Sunday show with um, Jermaine Howerton, Eric Belli, uh, Katarina Balales, like we were yes. able to work alongside like really awesome collaborators like Dr. Peter Gershon, Dean Marlowe, Dean Lukashevitz, Julia Wachtel, Courtney Adama. Yes. Um, and it was super, super fun because we had like full control over this group of like 120 crew members who were running in and out of the studio. We got to pick our crew. And like, I learned a lot more about the radio side because that's where my co-producer Adam was versed in and he learned so much. WRHU about was yes. a part of it. Yeah. And so we really got to like interpolate and mix our two worlds together doing that broadcast. And we actually, we won um, a 2021 Folio Award for best new special broadcast for it. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Like That's that production, awesome. like we were so lucky it went off without a hitch. It was so cool. And it was yes. just like, I don't know, it was just, it was different because I'm normally very, I'm very into fiction. I'm very into like entertainment news. And so this time I got to do politics and, but like not <laughs> politics in a way where let's make it super super specific for this one group because we had to take a very very unbiased approach so they're talking about the different um st uh, stances the different um ideologies that each party was contributing to that election leading up to our tuesday our large tuesday night broadcast so right. it was really really fun i heard that it was insane i remember yeah, yeah. and i wanted to be a part of it i think i missed the deadline uh -huh. um yeah but it was it was amazing. I remember Victoria was my TA, Victoria Odell. Yes, I she, love her. I yes, love her so much. Yes, she's amazing. I remember she was like, it's crazy, but I love it. And I'm like, that's that's I, that's awesome because it's like even if there is chaos within a production, because there always is. Oh um, yes. <laughs> the fact that we still love it and we still have a passion for it, and it doesn't stress us out too much, hopefully. I think that shows that oh, we really do have a passion. We really do love this, the yes. work that we do. And it's not work it's it's like fun we get to do this yeah um, at least that's how I see it so oh I, I absolutely that. agree I absolutely agree like it's it's definitely like the chaos is kind of what drives it like you know there's going to be chaos but that's part of the profession you're adapting to all of these different scenarios and then you're also introducing COVID into the mix too and at the time that we were doing all of this stuff so now it's like okay well we have to make sure everyone's social distance everyone has either been tested beforehand and even like outside production so it's it's the stuff that you really you, you really have to love Love what you do and I, I'm very very fortunate um to also love what I do so um out of all your products and films which one is your favorite so far I so 
obviously my senior thesis. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that, yes. That my senior thesis that was uh, I had started writing it oddly enough before the pandemic. My senior thesis it's about this virus that wreaks havoc on society, but it's not even so much about the virus, but rather the introspective nature of the piece. It's more or less kind of reflective about my struggles as a biracial woman in society and really like you're getting those pulls from different ends it's not a self-insert I promise but (laughs) it's definitely like it's a it's almost like an evaluation on society so you you have these two characters they're mixed race sibling duo you have Keelan who's black and Lars who is white um they're half siblings and they're kind of surviving in this apocalypse together and he almost gets seduced to the dark side you could say if you're a star Wars fan they're not trying to turn him into a Sith but (laughs) they meet this woman who appears to be making everything better for them she's offering them safe haven and it turns out she's actually one of these creatures so it's kind of like Hansel and Gretel almost a little bit yes yes and but the the virus itself too it's not just like oh zombies even though I love zombies but it's what's making the virus come to fruition is that internal prejudice, that internalized Mm. hatred, that racism. So you're seeing all of these zombies and they're white people. And so they're like, once that seed is planted, they slowly start to change. And it's just like any ounce of hatred, like even if you think that thought, anything, that thing in the back of your head, that's that seed that starts to morph. It plants itself and it starts to grow throughout your brain. And then it turns you into these creatures. And the crazy part about my senior thesis too was, um, I kind of based it off of indigenous lore where the idea of you looking into a mirror and seeing your true self, um, that falls in line with this too, because you don't know who's infected. It's the same thing in real life. You can be walking by someone and you could be walking by the most racist person on the planet. And you don't even know because they just look normal. But in in this case, like you, you have these creatures look in a mirror and my two characters, they're even carrying around mirror shards with them um, to be able to see like, okay, let's angle it. Can we see, but they decide, or the brother, the older brother is too trusting that he kind of just completely pushes by the mirror thing until it's too late and until she has seduced him to that side has given him the virus that is amazing that is amazing and it's like it's talking about such a relevant topic Mm -hmm. not you know not like a sit-down conversation in your Mm -hmm. face but it's kind of like subliminal yes yes and racism is a virus you Mm -hmm. know and it's so fitting because we're in a pandemic and then there was like a racial pandemic at one point yes um, that was 2020 yeah that was the craziest thing too I had some friends tell me I was psychic because I had written my script or the first draft of my script in January of 2020 so before the pandemic before everything the protests were happening in June months before yes and I obviously I took not inspiration because it's it's terrible to say you take inspiration but I definitely use that as like ways to fuel my material um to make it more realistic like some of like what's being said like a lot of people who've watched my senior thesis film have said they had to go back and watch it a second time to really like understand because at first you watch it and at surface level you think oh yeah this is just a zombie movie but if you are the target audience, if you are a person of color, you're hearing these microaggressions. You're hearing like the sort of patronizing aspect of my my antagonist, Delilah, that's her name, okay. and everything she's saying to this lead, Keelan. 
and it's just it's it's really starting to like I don't know it festers in your brain you're like oh my goodness I I, I understand what you're saying now I didn't like, realize oh, wait, that that was a microaggression so yes, all of those different like things you, the way your film is, um I didn't I haven't watched it but the way your film is um seems to be kind of like get out yeah, you know, black people saw that movie one way, white people saw that movie a different way, yep. and then they had to watch it one more time, and then one yeah. more time to really get what was happening. Um, because it's not just a random horror movie. I think Jordan Peele and filmmakers like yourself always make films and, and content with a purpose and yes. a message, you know. And it may not be in your face, it may not, it may be a character or maybe a song, the music that's chosen on the soundtrack. So I love like very intentional about your work, and I I hope more people in this new day and age where everybody wants, you know, instant gratification and, you know, Marvel movies and that's it. It's like, no, let's, let's have some films that do have some substance and do have a message, uh, um, a message to portray for sure. Absolutely. I think like if it, films don't just tell stories, they're, they're telling the livelihoods of people, whether or not that's on an exaggerated level or on something that's more true to life. So it's definitely, I love watching films back a second time, catching what I missed. The same thing with my TV shows, like I love Euphoria and I'm yes. watching, like I'm currently watching back season two and I'm catching all of these things in a different context than before. And like, it, like you were saying with my film, like it, everything was very, very intentional on my end and hearing people after that second watch say, oh, my goodness I, I I didn't realize this or hey like did you I noticed this did you mean to do this even my mom like watching it four or five times or my dad watching it like five or six or like hey I'm catching these different things yes. um, and that's actually that's something that I've had a difficulty with um when entering the festival the festival uh sort of run um okay. we have been very fortunate to to win awards and then to also yes. place like different yes. things but there is this one festival that I'm not going to go into too much detail because okay. I am not expose <laughs> but, but it was um I had submitted because I wanted feedback and I love constructive criticism. Tell me what I can do better. I want to grow as a filmmaker. I want to grow as a content creator. I want to grow as a writer and director. Right. And they just didn't get it. And it was just like the way they were writing about my actors was horrendous in, oh the, like in their critique. It wasn't even so much a critique. It felt like I'm just going to take this time to blaspheme everything in your film and at first I let that get to me and I do, like and I, I look back and if like I tell myself at that time like don't like it doesn't matter because it's not for them and I remember having that conversation with my parents having that conversation with my producers with my some of my crew members who were on there who were with me the entire process of writing it to its completion that it doesn't matter it's not for everyone get out was not for everyone us no. was not for everyone everyone and I'm sure his newest one that's coming up like it's it, it's it's not Michael over people's heads again yes absolutely absolutely 100 and I had I had gotten down because I was like oh this film festival it's super respected and they have all of this really harsh feedback and it, it wasn't even anything to tell me what can I do better it was oh your writing is terrible oh I don't God. understand the characters this is a stupid zombie movie that was a quote from it Oh and it was God. just ridiculous but at, at the end of the day it's that taught me a lesson in and of itself that sometimes what you make it's not for everyone sometimes yes. it's just for you sometimes you may be making it for a particular audience and those are the people that will get it the people that will get it will understand it 
Yes, I love that. Like we're and we're in an industry where it's like not everything is black and white and not everything is like this is good and this is bad. It's kind of like, you know, some people are gonna love this movie and it's gonna mm-hmm. win all the awards, but then even though there's gonna still be people that don't like it, even though it won best picture or best screenplay, Absolutely. you know? And that's very that's very disgusting and very harsh for someone to, you know, cre- uh, be so harsh with the acting and your writing and directing. And I feel like let's have some grace for people who are in college, you know, like, yeah. you, <laughs> like you're a just, just a little bit, just a little, <laughs> just a little bit, bit you, know? you don't have to like love everything that students do and, and uh, patronize us, but yeah. you know, have a little bit of compassion. You're just, you're, um, you're just getting started. You have much more to go. You're not Ava DuVernay yet, <laughs> you know, you're, you will be, get there. Um, and like you said, not everyone's going to like it. That's the entertainment industry. That's the field that we're in. But you know, I feel like as long as I think some people always say it, but like as long as you like it and yeah. you feel good about it, I think that's what really matters. Because then you sound like my mom right now. Oh my god, <laughs> it's yes. so no bit serious. Like it, you're so right. It's as long as you care about it, as long as it's it's up to your expectations. That's all that matters in the world. And that that whole interaction with that film festival that kind of taught me, like you know. I'm confident in this work. It may not be for you. You may not understand it, but okay, it's not for you. I made this for me and I made this for all of the people that have my shared experiences. Right, exactly. And some people don't like things because it kind of, it offends them because it's like true. Yep. (laughs) You know? Yes. (laughs) Like if the shoe fits, that kind of (laughs) thing. Yeah, I think that too. So it's very fitting that this festival, I, I can only presume it's predominantly white <laughs> um you know I don't think BET would tear you down or you know whatever black film festival there are like yeah. I don't think they would tear you down like that so very very fitting very interesting <laughs> um so Narice is also the founder and CEO of her own media production company Book2 Productions which she founded in early 2021 based in New Jersey Book2 specializes in photography videography and other forms of creative co- content Book2 has produced wedding films corporate promotional highlight reels portrait photography and so much more what is it like running your own media production company and have you produced any independent films with book two yet when it comes to running a production company at the ripe age of 22 years old it's really hard but it's also the most rewarding experience I knew when I really fell in love with film I wanted to create an outlet or a medium for other creatives like myself, for either LGBTQ plus creatives, for Black creatives, BIPOC, AAPI, almost like a safe haven where they can create and feel free to create. And in the process of like starting to build that up, like it's really, really cool. You get to see like all these different things. I started off in weddings from a professor who, as we talked about earlier, Victoria Odell, she actually set me up with this wedding gig. And it was a professor at Hofstra who I now am going to have in my MAPR program so it's all coming around like full circle it's really cool but I had filmed her wedding and then from there it just started skyrocketing and something that I found a lot in my company is I'm filming a lot of LGBTQ plus weddings and it's so great because I'm hearing their stories like not only am I bringing like able to bring their wedding stories to life because when I make my wedding films with my company it's not just you're not just getting a video 
you're getting a story, a narrative story that's 10 to 12 minutes long. Like it's telling the story of the wedding day from start to finish, from getting ready in the morning to putting on that dress to that first look, if you have it, to walking down the aisle, the first dances. It's it's so beautiful. Yes. But I'm learning from a lot of the, these couples that I'm shooting. A lot of the brides that I've worked with have, have said, yeah, no one would film us because we're two brides. And that breaks my heart. It's so terrible. I don't know why you would like, I understand people have their views, but it's love is love. Let love be. That's, that's what I gotta say there. It's 2022. Like, come on. <laughs> um, but it's just like, it's so like that has been able to like open up my like just doors for my company, like for more collaboration. And it's, it's been really cool. Like I incorporated last year. So I officially got like that escort LLC attachment to it, which was really cool. Awesome. Um, I awesome. taxes. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a business. It, so now you got to. Um, but it's, it's so, so worth it. And I know my dad, he keeps like, he keeps like elbowing me and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to retire soon. So you should hire me. And I really want to, I really, I would love to hire him. Like he's, awesome. he's, he's helped me in terms of like consultation stuff. Like I'm calling you off of my computer that I paid for with my hard earned money. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. It costs way should. too much, but, um, <laughs> but like, he's, he's definitely like, like I said, he's super tech savvy. He's great in terms of consultations and just in general, like he's, he's an audio guy he's a music guy so when it comes to sort of building up my knowledge of that he's been helping me with that a lot too and I'm super super grateful and then him and my mom too they ran craft services and for my senior thesis film and everyone loved it and so something that I want to build up to doing is potentially offering craft services or catering services for films through my company like we have a jet row card which is a restaurant depot in Philly so we can get those bulk things if we yes. need them. Oh my um, god. But I just I I want to offer so much through it. Um so yeah, I've been doing lots of highlight reels. I just recently because I'm also working part-time as a substitute teacher. Well, I say part-time, it's full-time, but um <laughs> one of my five jobs, because yes, I have five jobs and it's wow. insane right now. Okay. Um I do have time to breathe. See, I just remembered. Um <laughs> But, um, but yeah, one of my uh, jobs is working as a substitute teacher at um, one of the schools in my uh, hometown's district. So okay. something I did there is they did this huge celebration on Black History Month. So yes. I ran around with my camera rig and I'm running around with my Ronin and I'm getting like all the yes. shots of people coming in for African-American Renin for when we had a museum visit or a museum exhibit visit and the kids were explaining civil rights in South Jersey. So I had just finished putting that together for through my company, which is really cool. I um, cool. filmed my uh, father's virtual concert because he's a band director at one of our middle schools. So I filmed his virtual concert and we wow. did this whole production for the middle school band and the middle school choir, which was really, really cool. And the kids loved it. The students loved it. Um, also it's a talent I, for me. It, oh my, the, stop. <laughs> Um, I had yes. the, uh, through my company too, I offer like editing and videography services. So this summer, which I'm still like awestrucken by, 
I had the opportunity to work with the Broadway cast of Aladdin in filming a video for Broadway Cares. It's not out yet, so I'm not going to talk about the specifics. Right, right. But it's a music video that it's sort of highlighting like the importance of mental health and building people up rather than tearing them down. And then through that, I started working for um, Aaron Accurso and Rachel Accurso for Songs for Littles, the children's show on YouTube. So I'm editing for them through my company too. And it's really, it's been really really fun that is amazing um, thank you thank you it's so it's so like multifaceted like all the projects that you're doing in and outside of the production company that's that's so cool is it difficult uh juggling different types of projects um by yourself or do you have a team it's yeah. just <laughs> um, it's I do hire freelancers I do okay. hire freelancers to help me out particularly with weddings I like to have two uh shooters a day for those because it's eight hours the more footage I have the more content I can create when putting together my video packages to send off to my clients once they're finished um yeah I hire freelancers um because I'm like starting to pull in more money now I it's just me editing I want to hire more people to edit for me um yes. and then slowly if they're interested work them into like a permalancer position for um my business as well um because we have that employee identification yes. and I feel so like legit now it's yes. crazy um but yeah definitely like it's it's not no it's definitely difficult and it's hard but it's fun okay it's definitely fun and so yeah. like you were talking about with like all these different directions managing all these different product projects like i wanted like we're a multimedia company so we're not just providing you with video services we're providing you with video service solutions so like we're open to consultations if people want to get interested in streaming we can set that up for you we can also if you're looking to bring your own content to the next level we're also available for that too and just making sure that this company can reach like all the different aspects of being multimedia and then again providing those services to people particularly that wouldn't have access to them in the first place mm. um and that comes to i think that when you were talking about have i branched out into any independent films with it i'm working on one right now i've just been so busy it's hard to like dedicate like given time to start filming but it's an introspective reflective piece about being a woman of color and understanding the temptations and um the, the temptations and drawbacks to being so emotional and wearing your heart on your sleeve and feeling everything like that's something that I struggle with I wear my heart on my sleeve my emotions are everything I can hide it very very well on certain days but when I get burnt out that's when it comes to fruition yes. um, so I had written this script called Mariposa about being that free floating butterfly feeling when you're in your happy place everything is great and beautiful but then you have to start contrast to some of the more like realistic things in life as opposed to like idealism and surrealism so I'm in the process of getting that ready I to go um, I have my lead actress it's like it's again it's very artsy so we're looking for like some sort of artsy feel um and I have my lead actress casted and we're looking to shoot or um over the course of a weekend because it's going to be another short film but shoot okay. either at the end of March or the beginning of April that's awesome. And then with your films, with the Where the Horizon Lies and this um, film that you're working on currently, where can people watch this? Do you have this available where people can uh, stream it? 
I don't have it available for stream currently. Um, okay. Maddie Post is probably going to be on my YouTube channel, if not my Vimeo page. Okay. Um, once that comes to fruition, Where the Horizon Lies, it's still on its festival tour, so I can't like put it out there yet. Okay. Um, but I do have trailers are available on my YouTube channel. You could just search yes. up my name and it's right there. Yes, um, yes. So I have that. And then um, I can also, if people are really interested in watching it, um, I send out google drive links because <laughs> i haven't like uploaded just okay. to have it so i'll definitely send you one because i i feel like you really really enjoy my senior thesis yes um yes. but yeah so i awesome. i have i'll have them on vimeo later probably once where the horizon lies is done i'll put it on vimeo with like a password protector thing but it'll okay. be available on vimeo and then i'm in the process of also trying to see if i could get where the horizon lies on um uh, they have some small black owned streaming services that I'm looking into. So I'm oh. trying to see if I can like push it forward to be on one of those. Uh, yeah. Your award-winning senior thesis film, Where the Horizon Lies, is about a naive brother and his apprehensive sister who are faced with the trials and tribulations of blind trust and morality as they search for a safe haven amidst the virus that seeks to eradicate them. What challenges did you face while creating this film? And what are some lessons, if any, that you learned about the filmmaking process? I know there's some. I know there's some. <laughs> what's the what's the, what do people go tee hee hee? <laughs> um, <laughs> um anyone that tells you that making a film is easy, anyone that tells you that they are lying to you through their teeth. Um the creative sure. process can be easy for some people. Um but <laughs> getting to production specifically during COVID can be very difficult. Um, I was the first person out of 20 films in my senior thesis class to film. We came back for, for spring semester. We were there for like four days and then we left to head to our location in New Jersey to film. We actually filmed at my old Girl Scout camp because it wow, had like the cabin nice. that I was imagining. Um, it was really funny. So you know how sometimes we say, oh, let's manifest these things. Yes. Let's manifest things that are happening. Well, I had this very, very vivid dream that it was snowing in the opening okay. sequence of my film, but like, I mean, blizzard. Okay. And um, the higher powers that be, um, God decided to give me that and then some. So the last day of filming, we were stuck in a blizzard and we filmed in that blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> because um, the show must go on the show must go on <laughs> but i'll get into the blizzard part later let's talk about the u-haul so <laughs> in covid times uh you couldn't rent a u-haul truck for more than like 48 hours so god bless my producers uh stefan hatchet and carter gilda rubio who i literally i probably would not have survived like this whole thing <laughs> they were keeping me grounded the whole time yes. um they're both amazing people to work with like I asked them to be my producers like before I even like was officially had I was officially in the class like I was like you guys are gonna be my producers are you interested and they were like absolutely let's see the script and they helped me with the script too. We were looking over they were telling me what works what doesn't work um and then when I got that final draft to them they're like yes this is it they helped me cast nice. they are so amazing and I would love to work with them again I just know everyone's super super busy right now <laughs> um yeah. But we had this issue with the U-Haul. So a lot of what was happening was poor Stefan. He would drive the equipment down and then he'd have to drive back up and then grab his car, drive back down. Like 
like between days we were filming for four days in total and it was back and forth with the u-haul and because of the 48 hour rule because the 48 hour thing it was so ridiculous and i felt so bad and then he had put some of his own money into it and then because we had a we had a budget of six thousand dollars about um okay. and it was a lot of my own money but we were able to oh my dad just sneezed bless you um <laughs> and so we had to a lot a, a part a big part of that budget was because of covid so we had to make sure we had all of these things ready to go we weren't we were getting some packages from the Hofstra equipment room which we're super super grateful for oh, who wow. would provide us with some gloves some masks but a lot of other things too we had to gather ourselves and just because i'm super super precautious about that stuff and i wanted to remain alert not anxious i wanted to make sure we had everything possible um all of our actors were quarantined two weeks beforehand had to turn in a negative test everyone on the crew turned in a negative test and we were all kind of isolated on set for those four days so no one was really going every anywhere like, except a, like for, a bubble almost yeah, yeah yeah no one was going anywhere except for my parents but my parents again were just coming straight back home here and then driving back up there for food and stuff and they were preparing food in the kitchen like when I tell wow. you it's the best craft services I've ever had in my life wow and like it was like we had hot meals we had cold meals we had hot chocolate on set and like ready they my <laughs> my okay. dad brought tons of hot hands hand warmers which we ended up needing for that blizzard day oh my god um, that's amazing shout out yeah. to uh mr and miss muller yes the most <laughs> amazing awesome. parents in the world i've literally i love them so much and if i told them that they'd be like eh. but <laughs> um that's just how we are but yeah no they they definitely helped make the process easier that was um their donation for my film was doing craft services. And so wow. my mom got them little matching outfits and oh they had little hats and they looked so cute. Oh my God, um, I love that. It's and, like a family. It's like yes, a family. It That's was, how it should be. Yes, it was, it was definitely, it was like a family affair and it was so awesome. Like everyone on my crew too, like I, I handpicked them with my producers. Like I had a list, well, I handpicked a list and then I told my producers, I said, you pick who you want on this list. Um, wow. cause I trust them. I trust them 1000%. I think the only people that I had like solidified for my choices were, was, um, my assistant director who was Emily Bradbury and okay. then my director of photography, who was Justin Moore. Um, okay. just cause I know they work very, very well with me. <laughs> and yes. If, and like, you have that rapport. You have that rapport. And it's the, one of my actors, uh, Spencer Stevie, who played Lars, um, my male lead, he said something that he thought was really cool, but really funny. He's like, I love how you and Justin work together because you guys just look at each other and he knows. <laughs> and that could be because we've been dating for four years, or it also could be because we have worked together on a lot of these projects and like, it's full professionalism. Like if I, if I need to take him aside and say, Hey, you need to work on this better. We'll understand. We're not going to take it personally. That's the one thing to a lot of people say don't work with your significant other or your partner but I he and I do work very very well together which is such a blessing yeah um so aside from the big blizzard oh yeah the blizzard that happened that Sunday who <laughs> saw that coming <laughs> the lord up top like listen you asked for it so I'm gonna give it to you um we had to send home half of our crew because a lot of people wow. didn't necessarily feel comfortable driving through it. And like internally I was freaking out, but outside I was like, okay, yep. Okay. <laughs> what you need to do. Keep that composure. Um, like, yep. And then inside I'm like, <sighs> but you understand you got to keep that composure. 
Um, so we had to skeleton crew it. And so we had my car running constantly for my actors to get into between takes. Um, God bless one of my extras, Juliana Battaglia, who played the this zombie-like creature at the beginning of the film, one of the infected. I had this vision that she was just in like this bloodied frock and she committed and was like, I'm just in this bloody frock and I'm going to be barefoot. And she like in the snow. And so we had coats, we had everything ready for her. She would hop immediately into my car. We had hot chocolate for her. Um, and wow. we, I gotta say that was definitely like, we, like all of our days were extremely productive and extremely fun on set, but that day we were so efficient because everyone was like, it's cold, let's move on. It's cold, let's move on. Um, and we were even able to redo some of the scenes because continuity with snow. Right. So we had the snow falling in this opening scene. And then we also, we had the difficulty because the first half of that scene was filmed on a day where it was cloudy, but not snowing completely. There was still some snow on the ground. So we ended up using a giant pizza box that my assistant director lifted off of the actors to make it look like the snow was falling into frame. Wow. So that was like, like it was like random idea. We're like, oh, like, let's just do it with the box. And it worked, it worked so well. And then we had to do that like in between scene so they are covered in snow that it's snowing in the background again because i'm a very big stickler for continuity everything has to match and then yes. god bless madison spence moore who is my script su supervisor and continuity supervisor who was checking at every little thing she was like oh nope you need to do this this needs to be on the left side she took pictures of everything she was amazing so fantastic um so we reshot that and then my car got stuck in the snow Oh my God. And we wow. were trying to contact the camp supervisor who literally he plowed like the whole area once we got there. Cause when we got to the camp, none of the roads were plowed. So he plowed everything for us really quick, which was so wow. great, but we weren't getting reception because the blizzard was so bad. So we had to hand dig my car out. <laughs> so, oh my God. Yeah, so we're That's hand digging, insane. like it's, oh, oh, it gets worse. <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> we're hand digging my car out. Everyone heads back to the cabin. I finally get my car out. We're getting ready to head back and drive everyone. I'm, I'm driving my actors. Um, we eat dinner, lunch real quick, have lots of hot water um lots of hot chocolate lots of okay. warm food everyone was drying right. off everyone like it was this big kumbaya at the end which was super super fun as I well um we had packed up at the airbnb we were staying at and then now we're on the ride home so as we know in new york potholes are the worst thing in the world and what's even worse are sinkholes so i dropped off one of my actresses and then i had my assistant director and then the two like the siblings the two actors that were playing the siblings okay. were in the car. and so um <laughs> the spencer stevie i, I almost uh, picture him as a, as a big brother figure for me because uh like he he just like i mean he's 10 years older than i am but he looks like he's 24 which is like so cool <laughs> um but he was just like he was so amazing um michelle principe who was my delight was so amazing um niall shada harris who's my keelan again i had such amazing actors and like we were that. really truly a family um and this solidified that so we were on um i don't even remember what the name of the highway was heading into manhattan to drop off okay um niall and a sinkhole happened so we hit it 
both of my right tires popped <gasps> my rims what? were crushed we started to spin out into the barrier and i don't know again i feel like the lord was watching over me we were I say we i was driving i was able to get a handle back on the car um and pull us away from that and then we stopped and i was just like oh my goodness i kind of paused Ooh. for a little bit the adrenaline i was so hyped up on adrenaline no one was hurt but me i just had like bruises from when i like slammed oh, into the side of my okay. like, the, like the side door um i had bruises up my leg and i had some issues walking for like the next week but i got i, I was okay um, thank god yeah. and then no one had whiplash because it was like a little bit of a shaky ride but thank everyone was Lord. okay um and then so we try to pull up so we're not in the lane so i'm pulling up a little bit more into just this like you know where the roads branch off and they have all those like lines and the stuff yes. there and then we see 20 other cars that this happened to <laughs> because so, of the because weather this, this, because of the, the sinkhole the oh the sinkhole. the sinkhole yeah this is because of the sinkhole and like i my car's a little bit lower to the ground so it was both of my tires so i couldn't just replace it and move on it was like oh well my tire they're gone <laughs> so and then the rims like they were they were like shot they were absolutely shot oh um and again this was after spending like six thousand dollars on this movie um so <laughs> I was rolling my window down and I was talking to, to some of the people and this guy comes up to me. He's like, yeah, did you hit that? Was that a pothole? And then someone else was like, no, that was a sinkhole. And we turned back and we see literally the ground starting to cave in. And, but it was 20 other cars and then more cars are hitting it because there wasn't a lot of light and it's like the rightmost lane. So it was- And this was at night? This was at night. Yeah. Wow. It was on a highway. On a highway absolutely like absolutely insane like heading into Manhattan and, and this is happening to so many cars and it's funny because my dad and I we have an app where we can see like my tire pressure and like oh like my vehicle needs maintenance and all of that stuff and he gets the notification that both of my right tires are at zero tire pressure <laughs> and so my biggest thing I was worried I was like oh my goodness like I gotta tell my dad that I messed up the car no body damage it was just like underneath and then the tires okay and I called my dad and I'm like hey and he's like what's up and I'm like uh I, I think I got in an accident and he's super calm about everything and so he's talking to me he's making sure I'm okay Spencer who's sitting next to me he's like yeah you're doing such a great job like I'm like I'm so proud of you you're doing great like everyone is like cheering me on <laughs> even though I'm like freaking out it was so funny um and then I hear my mom in the back saying why she got in an accident why and then my dad was like yeah uh I, I got the notification that both of your right tires like are at zero so you want to tell me what happened <laughs> But yeah, I, got, I, ended up I think that was a little bit my parents too. I think my dad would have been like, okay. So, and my mom would have been like, what? You know, Puerto Rican from the Bronx. Yeah. <laughs> my mom is from the Bronx as well. Oh my so, God. Okay. Yes. yes. So, um, yes, so it. it was that, like, my mom at the end, she was just like, you're fine. Like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I, I had to get my car towed to Long Island City. And then they gave me the bill, which was terrible. <laughs> was um, it more than the, than the uh, budget? No. Oh, thank gosh. Okay. No. Thank gosh. No. Um, okay. It was, it was about as much as I had raised from my Indiegogo page. Um, wow. Okay. But I was very, very grateful though, because my, my grandparents did help contribute a lot to help me pay off that. So it was, I was very, very, very thankful. And then I had to pick up my car and now I'm scared of potholes, but it's okay. <laughs> um, but Do definitely those things happen because of like sinkholes. Is that just like a, 
like a bad road and like they need to renovate it i or think is it so i think it, it might be just like a mixture of the weather and infrastructure i think like it's okay. the road just like collapsed and so but it was that doesn't happen with potholes i mean potholes could mess up yeah. your car a little bit but yeah sinkholes that's like worse sinkholes yeah. like it was it was crazy but the thing i just think is I, I still like regardless I feel so blessed because at least like the worst thing that happened to me on set was that like that yeah. was the worst thing and right. I mean I got my fingers got cut up by my drone and that wasn't too bad <laughs> like <it> was, <laughs> we had a little bit of a drone crash it wasn't anything crazy it just okay. hit like a twig and, it, and then it wouldn't stop spinning um, oh okay. so I had to reach down and Ooh, and stop it, it. <laughs> yep <laughs> but again like the, the worst thing being the car and again I felt so blessed because everything else the weekend despite like the little things that come along with films because it's unpredictable like everything had gone amazing even on the day with the blizzard like we were super efficient everyone was doing great able um, to adapt everyone was right. able to adapt everyone had still had like a super fun time on set which was really really cool it was still a memorable experience for everyone um and, and thank so, god you guys are okay yeah like that's, that's the car. Again, like very very much so like I, I feel very very gracious that like you know what maybe that's my that's that's the universe telling me you know what you got to take a break you got to take a break and just kind of relax I remember I, I had texted my professor to let him know what happened <laughs> uh <laughs> professor George Nicholas and he got my oh text. I heard about him yes. yeah he's so amazing and he was like are you okay I'm like yeah I'm fine <laughs> absolutely fine and then I had called my professors my Monday professors um to let them know hey I got in an accident I really am shaken up I don't know if I can come to class today and they were so gracious they sent me to work for that day and I was able to catch up so oh, I took Monday so to kind of decompress from everything um but yeah like despite that crazy thing happening at the very end I, it was still such a rewarding experience that's but it so just good. goes to show like you got to be careful about everything that's happening on set like it's especially like with COVID like we were very fortunate to get our COVID compliance officer our CCO training through the school um where we can be COVID compliance officers on set and I know like they're starting to remove masks for indoor mask mandates but on film right. sets it's still like you need to wear a mask okay um, regardless okay. like I'm fully vaccinated and I'm boosted regardless you still need to wear a mask because they just want to make sure that we're all protected right and you know you never know you never know and I, I think that's so important that you had your family there mm -hmm. helping you supporting you feeding everybody yes and you had such a good casting crew mm -hmm. um because I think you know while it is a lot of work and it can be stressful you don't want to work with people like I, I told us I spoke about this with Nick and a lot of times on the podcast you don't want to work with people that you don't like or you know Absolutely. are a-holes you know, you want to work with your friends, your friends. <laughs> you want to work your with your friends, friends your like family. your close colleagues, like people that you know are going to perform well. Like, again, like I had provided that list, like a handpicked list of like, these are the people that I want to work with. And then my producers went ahead and they went down the list and they were calling people and saying, hey, are you interested? Would you want to do this? And then if people were available, they said yes. If they weren't, they said no. But yeah, being able to like handpick a crew of people is it's so, so important because again, like if you have a situation where you need to skeleton crew today because either someone gets COVID or you have to send everyone home for the weather or something happens and a car breaks down, they can't get to set. You want to make sure you still have a tight knit group of people that can still like almost make up for the rest of the group. If that yes. Makes sense. Yes. You know, and you want, you want them to have the talent. You want them mm -hmm. to have that work ethic, yeah. but also alleviate, you know, some of the pressures or stresses that come with 
film production or TV production, um, which is being compassionate, being a nice, genuine yes. person, Yes, <laughs> you know, and maybe willing to do a job mm-hmm. that is not yours. Absolutely. You know? Maybe the AD has some camera skills and then, yeah. you know, they help with that, you know, so being interchangeable and like, oh, that's not my job. I'm not going to do that. No, let's all help each other out. We're all a team. You know, I think yeah. TV and film, it's kind of like, it's kind of like we're a sports team. We, mm-hmm. we help each other out. We have our own roles, but we help each other out as well. Absolutely. Um, in, in the April 2021 Variety Magazine issue, you received a mention for your film, Where the Horizon Lies. How excited were you when you found out about this? I, so, <laughs> this is really embarrassing to admit. I was in the parking lot of a McDonald's when I found out. Wow. <laughs> I, I wanted a four-piece chicken McNugget just had a taste for it yes and then David Henney he had asked for photos of my film because again we were the first people to to shoot and then I had Tiana Van Ross and she did all of our BTS photos which looks so amazing and then all of our promotional footage as well um she had sent over the photos and so I forwarded them to David and he was like yeah like we're, we're gonna submit them to be in this magazine and it, it didn't click that it was Variety magazine. And so he was like, yeah, like here's the here's the Variety clip. And he emails it to me and I'm like, wait a second. And so I click it and like, yeah, you know, maybe it's, it's um, it was a picture of Madison when she was checking the shot for like continuity. And it's such okay. a great photo of her. Like she looks so amazing. Um, so I wonder if it's too. in the school of calm. I'm my, I, I think I know which picture it, you're talking about. Yeah, it's like it's it's one where like she's leaning down and like it's kind of or, like orange. We're in the cabin and then she's just checking in one of the area Alexas. Okay, yes. Um, but it's like oh, like uh, continuity and script supervisor Madison Moore, uh, Spence Moore checks uh, the shot on Narice Muller's senior thesis film, Where the Horizon Lies, and it's it's got this little like blurb and in Variety, and I'm like, oh my goodness, like what? That's insane. I still haven't processed it fully i i have <laughs> okay like i have people that like i have it on my website because i'm like oh like this is a cool achievement you can click on it and it takes you to the link but i still like people are like oh yeah i saw your your your, your variety mention and i'm like <laughs> and like, I'm like oh, wait yeah um, no like the variety. <laughs> the variety i'm i'm so grateful i'm so so grateful and that comes to like everything that I'm 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 grateful for everything the Lawrence Herbert School of Communication has afforded has afforded me in terms of opportunities that I wouldn't necessarily get at other schools because of potentially like my ethnicity my skin color lots of other things me being a woman like it's being able to have that and to be so 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 like acknowledged and like my classmates being happy for me my peers other peers professors mentioning it being so supportive and so happy and so joyful that this happened it's definitely something that I cannot even begin to fathom my gratitude for (laughs) no like that's I'm so proud of you like as a Herbert school student as a current Herbert school student a Black and Latino Herbert School mm-hmm. student looking at another um, Hofstra alum. It's amazing to see because it's like, oh, like if she can do it, why can't I? You know, you You're know, gonna make who- me cry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but it's so true because you know, I told Nick, I was like, I'm proud of him too. But I think it hits different when someone is a part of your community. 
yeah. you know, and, and walked in your shoes at some point and has graduated mm-hmm. and it still still works at Hofstra and still doing amazing yeah. things. So it's so nice to see because, you know, if Nick can do it, why can't I? If Norris can do it, why can't I? So I always think that and I hope people listening who are in, interested in film, um, young Black fi- uh, aspiring filmmakers or anybody, um, they are inspired too by your work and who go to Hofstra because, you know, it's, it's one thing to learn it in the classroom and then to take it outside of the classroom, put your own spin on it, make it relevant, have a message and continue to uh, make great work and be recognized um, and be mentioned by such a uh, notable and respected uh, magazine and, and co- uh, company is amazing, you know, at, at such a young age. Um, so that's, that, that's amazing. Oh, so there's Issa Rae, Ava DuVernay, Regina King, and the list goes on. Which Black woman filmmaker, writer, or director inspires you? Uh, add Shonda Rhimes to that list and there you go. Um, yes. Literally, yes. Liter- like literally everyone that you just mentioned. Um, okay. I'll speak particularly to Ava DuVernay because she was the one that I was introduced to initially. Um, I saw, remember I saw Selma at a pretty young age and it was just something hit different because it was a movie, the first movie, might I add, that was about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s life. And the fact that it was made just recently struck 2014? Like 2014, that really, really struck a chord with me. But Ava DuVernay, like she's created Array and Array is this whole, again, this production multimedia collective for diverse voices and like I I look up to that a lot like in terms of how like I'm modeling book too like trying to create that collective um create these opportunities for other people that otherwise wouldn't and she's just she's such a role model I want to meet her so badly and just say thank you it's gonna happen if it's 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 gonna manifest manifest (laughs) um because if it wasn't for people like her or like Issa Rae who pins herself for being this awkward nerdy black woman who is proud of who she is like again that's me like I'm literally named after a Star Trek character I'm such a big nerd if you see up there my Minecraft sword is right there oh like, my god I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm such a geek and I'm so proud to be a geek and I'm so proud to be like in all of these fandoms and everything and like people like Issa Rae that are saying hey you know we don't see a lot of black women or black people in these different fandoms and it's okay you can be awkward like where we see insecure at HBO yes, and yes. But, like I just I I look up to these people who have paved the way for people like me to be able to create because God forbid I was born 50 years prior, I wouldn't have been able to vote even. So it's just, it's it's insane to think about that. And also even that 50, 60 years isn't even that long ago. No. So it's, I just, the, these people, the what they've created, the stories they've told and how like fantastical they are. Like one of my favorite books too is A Wrinkle in Time. I've always loved it. And then when I heard Ava okay. DuVernay was directing A Wrinkle in Time with Storm Reid when she was little. like Such it was, a good film. It was like, it was such a good movie. It was such a feel good movie too. And it was, when I watched it, it was everything that I imagined the book to be. And what was even cooler is that she's not casting via color she's blind casting so you can be this character if you're this it reminds me very much like um 
brandy and cinderella just about to say that i was just about to say that yes yeah and how like it just it it doesn't matter what you look like it's it's just the caliber of your acting it's what you can bring to the role and there's something that's so beautiful about that and even like it when it comes to theater because something i struggled with in theater when i was younger is people would say oh well you have this beautiful voice you're a great dancer you're a great actress but you don't have the look so it was what does that mean yeah it's like it's (laughs) like again in 2022 we're like what but like in in 2010 2013 we weren't having these conversations yeah and it was it was just like I didn't have my big like theater step forward until I got to play uh, we did sister act at my high school we did um, and so I got to be Whoopi's character Dolores Van Cartier okay okay another film I need to watch but I definitely know oh my goodness you'd love it you'd love it it is I need like a film playlist I'm always asking people for song playlists I need like a film like (laughs) i'll type something up and i'll send it over to you but like it's like sister act like it was one of my favorite movies growing up as a child um my mom and i got into it we loved back in the habit the second one because it's just as good okay um and then you have marquise houston from uh sister sister who's in there too who's singing and he's so good i know that um but um, oh, I'm trying to think with um with that like I remember I had people in my school come up to me and say hey I didn't know that a person of color or, or like a black like a black girl could 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 sing like that or could be a lead now I want to audition and it's it's sort of like I feel that same thing looking up to like Issa Rae and Ava DuVernay and Shonda Rhimes Regina King all of these people that have come before me it's like it's you didn't know it was possible until you see other people doing it and there's something so magical about that I love I love that I love that answer and I think you know Ava DuVernay she does she gives you a lot of different content kind of like you do and all these uh, black women they're so mm-hmm. multifaceted within themselves and in their projects like mm-hmm. you know you have the 13th you have Selma but you also have a wrinkle in time and I think that's so good that she gives you feel-good projects but also serious relevant historical projects that people may not know about and need to know about Absolutely. and I love that and I think you're probably going to go in that direction too where you might make feel-good you know movies maybe Disney movies but you also make um movies that maybe are fantasy and horror or, or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. but have a message and relates to the current theme or, yeah. or, or a theme that, you know, applies to 50 years ago and now, mm-hmm. kind of like racism. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that's so important because I think let's have both. Let's have both. We need the serious content, um, but I, I think as Black people, sometimes we see too much of um, maybe police brutality, too yes. much of some uh, trauma that we need to, you know, turn off the TV and put on something good. Yeah. A, a film that makes us feel good. So for That's sure. Uh, switching gears to the TCP rapid fire question mm-hmm. is what makes you laugh the most? All right. So I have one is very niche okay. um, and one is very wholesome. I'll start with the wholesome one. Um, I love when animals sneeze. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love that. I have two Yorkie Yorkie Terrier Chihuahua mixes. I have okay. little Daisy May, and then I have Colette, who we just got Colette in August. Aww. Um, when they sneeze, it is the funniest thing ever because it's like they're <laughs> holding it in and they look like this, <laughs> and then they go about to color. They're like, <laughs> that's how they sneeze, and it's the cutest thing. It's like so like it's so aggressive. wholesome. It's so aggressive, but it's so wholesome and it's so tiny and so high pitched. And I just I don't know. I just think it's so sweet. And then the other niche thing, I love. So I'm a huge. I love 
I love Skyrim. I love Skyrim. I love World okay. of Warcraft. Like okay. I grew up in those fandoms. And then recently I was like, I'm gonna get Skyrim for my Switch and relive the glory days. <laughs> but I just I I love those videos where people are making fun of what they're saying. Like there's this one line where someone's like, you know, I used to be like that one day. And then I took an <laughs> arrow to the knee. Like that, like it's just, I just hear people like if, if they use that in like average conversation or any sort of like video game line, but they they don't like try to draw attention to it. I just think it's the funniest thing ever. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Just bring it into daily conversation. Yes, yes. Like, or even like it's like I'm also a huge fan of Avatar The Last Airbender that like shaped my childhood. So people good. that learn how to work like Iroh quotes into their average life like this like it just cracks me up the wit that that takes you know the the intelligence yes yeah (laughs) uh three things you're grateful for my parents um I know everyone will say they have the greatest parents in the world but I actually have the most amazing parents in the world um a lot of things that happen like we we've always been viewed as a very estranged part of things uh, because we are an interracial family and we're proud of it my my dad is white and my mom is black and it's something that we have always leaned on each other for and there has always been endless support and endless love that as a teenager I didn't appreciate um but now as a 22 year old almost 23 it's something I I look back on and I'm like wow I appreciate that my mom was very very like she was she would get on me about making sure I'm not being self-destructive in my behaviors or being self-deprecating making sure that I know my worth I know my passion I know my love and that I'm giving myself credit for my talents because I used to be very very bad about that I was so insecure and I wouldn't acknowledge like I wouldn't acknowledge talent I wouldn't acknowledge my success and I'm I'm still working on that because I am always trying to do better and I'm trying to outdo myself, but in doing so, I need to take the time to remember, hey, look at the achievements that I've done. And so both of my parents have always um, been instilling that in me and been working with me to make sure that I can do that. Um, Endless love, anytime that I need to take a break because I'm burned out, I have their full support. They have always been proud of me. And my dad, I know, because my dad does this thing where like he he puffs his chest out and that's how (laughs) I know, like I've got like the Glenn Muller seal of approval. (laughs) But, um, But yeah, no, it's, they have been, the most amazing um next I would say these are just all people I think (laughs) um I'm gonna tie these yeah yeah okay I'm gonna say my nana my nana my mom's mom she passed away in 2015 um from cancer unfortunately but um she was like my second mother she helped raise me she lived with us and she instilled my love of movies in me like classic movies we would watch everything all the time again like we're talking bet davis's movies and again like vivian lee's movies like every like all of those classic loves like that that is what she introduced me to and I am very very um sad and I get sad sometimes that she she didn't get a chance to see me um sort of step into this world because I know she would have loved it but I know she's down on me um and she always instilled to me do what you love always um and that's what matters most in life so I'm very very grateful for her um and then lastly I would say um 
I'm a very, very proud Hofstra alum. I will scream it into the heavens. I'd scream it right now, but like my throat hurts a little bit. (laughs) Um, But I'm very, very proud to be a Hofstra alum. So my entire network, everyone that I have met at Hofstra, like, like if I'm talking specifically professors, Dr. Peter Gershon, who was literally like, he was literally my father away from home. And he is one of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life, along with him, David Henney, Dean Lukashevitz, Dean Adrian Marlowe, Professor Nicole Franklin. I don't think she's there anymore, but um, Nicole Franklin, Christine Noskazy, George Nicholas, Bill Jennings, who always told me that like, listen, be you, write what you know, be like your creativity is what matters. That's something I had an issue with is I always, I, when I was younger, in like my formative years in college, I thought, oh, well, you know, I need to write what people want to watch. No, I need to write what I want to write and I need to make what I want to make. And so that's something they instilled in me. The network of professionals that I met through there are some of my closest friends. I was very, very fortunate to meet my partner, Justin Moore there. Same with Nick. Crazy to me. It was just like, it's like he and I were also the same major too. So like we were like, we were getting through Hofstra together, which was really, really fun. And we were into a lot of the same things, but it was, it was really cool that I was able to meet him there, been able to work with him. Um, And again, like some of my closest friends that I've met at Hofstra as well. I'm super, super grateful. I'm super grateful for all of the opportunities that the Herbert School has afforded me. I'm like, again, as a woman of color, um, I'm super blessed that when the call to action for diversity and inclusion was needed, they let myself and then one of my peers sort of take lead and try to get something off the ground about the importance of not making it tokenism, but making it something long lasting. So that's something that I'm I'm very appreciative of. I'm, I'm appreciative that I was given a platform. Um, a yes. platform for people to almost in a sense kind of look up to me and see well you know if like you were mentioning earlier like being able to see other Hofstra alums because there weren't a lot of Hofstra alums that looked like me that I met while I was in Hofstra I met them after the fact like I met um, Erica Mann who <laughs> I met her out in LA she's working over at Amazon and I met Desmond wow. Jackson like all these film buffs from Hofstra wow. from and I and like the, just people, again, this network of people that I'm able to reach out to, say hi to, share ideas with. And I'm, for that, I'm so beyond grateful. Um, what would you tell your younger self? Ooh, what would I tell my younger self? It's okay to take a break. It's okay mm-hmm. to set up boundaries. Don't be reactive if people have negative reactions to your boundaries. Those are the boundaries you have set. Remain true to yourself. And lastly, you are worth more than you could ever possibly know. Uh, Where do you see yourself in five years? This is hard. Okay. Um, (laughs) Completing my master's. um, Hopefully that's either going to happen at the end of this year or this time next year in 2023. So I'll have a master's degree. I'll be the first person in my family to go this far, which is really cool. That's amazing. Um, I'm trying to think what else. So with a master's degree, number one, um, (laughs) definitely after going on, on the Hofstra in LA trip, I do see myself out there. 
which is hard because I love my family and like I get a little bit of anxiety when I'm like hours and hours away from them just because like god forbid something were to happen but Um, I know they have been very supportive of hey like if this is what you want to do then go I don't want to go until I have my master's so I think that's something that I'm actually going to start considering in the next couple probably in the next year or so wow um, going out there um the next five years I do see myself starting to work either more in post-production as I am right now with AMC, either acquiring an assistant editor position or an editing like supervisor position um, and sort of building my way up from working in post to being a director because that's often the track that people do take. So okay. um, in the next five years, lastly, I do see myself becoming part of a union after putting in so many hours so I'm trying to achieve that union status yes um, that way I can get even more gigs and work for um more um prevalent productions as well and my last TTP rapid fire question what would you name this current chapter of your life perseverance never looked so good Mm, yes chapter 22 (laughs) (laughs) love that love that it's kind of like that quote nevertheless she persisted yep you know yeah I like that I like that it reminds me a lot of like my entrance essay to Hofstra we had to write about a time where we failed and what we learned from that so I had written about my time trying to achieve my Girl Scout Gold Award and how I had several ideas that I had to can before finally getting to the one that earned me the award in the um, in the first place. So I had talked about all of the different things that had happened in my essay letter and then I ended it up, I ended it, I ended it, I can't speak. <laughs> I ended it with um, that quote that says something along the lines of if opportunity fails to knock, build a door, which I don't really like. So I changed it. And I said, if opportunity fails to knock, kick down the damn door. That's what I ended. That was my college entrance (laughs) essay and it got me in, which is so great. But yeah, that's, and that's also something I live by too, with the idea of like persevering, like perseverance never looked so good like I'll tell you three months ago I was very very down on myself I felt like I wasn't going to get a job I had gotten rejected by so many offers Mm. I was working several other jobs just to be able to like pull in certain things and pull in money to be able to fund my company um but now again I'm, I'm looking at all those things that are attributing to my life right now and I'm realizing that's my journey why why am I getting down on myself like this is me persevering like it's a hard market right now to get a job it's very very hard I know people that graduated a year before me that just got hired and have been working freelance and you know what that's their journey and that's something they should be proud of because they got to that point and that's how I'm looking at it now too because I was able to get to this point and I'm still going places so it's it's definitely perseverance that's that's the meat of the story (laughs) yes yes and during those tough times you know you will get through it you know you have your faith you have your support Mm -hmm. system and you you know a lot of times you know as creators you know we turn our pain into our work into our art so you may find a story within this you know Mm -hmm. and you did and you have because you're working on a a film yeah (laughs) yeah so it's you know it's all full circle and I I love that I think um and even if you don't turn it into art 
maybe it could just be journaling or venting or going to therapy so there's many different ways to um you know take use that pain for something good and Mm -hmm. something constructive and even if it's just for your own reflection for sure definitely for sure um thank you so much Nerese, for joining me on the podcast it was so nice meeting you nice meeting you too thank you so much for having yeah. me so you can follow Nerese on instagram at Nerese muller check out all of Nerese's production company's work at www.book2productions.com be sure to leave a rating for the cervantes podcast on anchor apple podcast spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts also don't forget to like comment and subscribe to the cervantes podcast youtube channel and click the notification bell up top so you never miss a new episode thanks for listening bye guys <laughs>